Good morning. Why don't we go ahead and get started? My name is John Pitzer, and it's, it's my pleasure this morning to introduce someone who probably doesn't need any introduction. Um, we have as our first semiconductor speaker at this year's conference, Dr. Lisa Sue, the Chief Executive Officer uh, of Advanced Micro. Really appreciate Lisa's time this morning. We've got about 30 minutes in this session to go through some fireside chats. And, and Lisa, may, maybe I can just kick things off. You're, you're coming up on your fifth anniversary as CEO of AMD. And I was going through some numbers last week. When you first became CEO, you guys were doing about $4 billion in revenue and, and your market cap was about $1.5 billion. Today, you're going you're gonna to get close to $10 billion in rev. And amazingly, your market cap has now eclipsed $100 billion. So to say that you've been busy over the last five years is probably an understatement. But I, I was hoping maybe you could kind of help set the table with this first question and talk a little bit about some of the investments and bets that you made five years ago that are bearing fruit today and kind of why you made those bets. Yeah, great. Well, uh, first of all, John, it's great to be here um, with you guys. Appreciate uh, appreciate the time. Uh, look, you know, it has been a very interesting uh, five or six years. Um, I would say that, um, you know, when I took over as CEO, um, our focus was really on, um, you know, really, figuring out what we're very good at. And our focus was on high performance. And, you know, when you are in the semiconductor business for a long time, you realize that it does take a while uh, to really build, you know, the strength of that technology roadmap. And so, you know, our focus has been on the products and on the technology roadmap. Uh, you know, we, um, you know, very much uh, made some deliberate decisions in our CPU roadmap uh, with our Zen, product, uh, Zen products, as well as our GPU roadmaps. And, um, you know, that has really come to fruition over the last couple of generations. So, you know, this year is a big year. 2020 is a big year for AMD. Uh, we um, are just launching our Zen 3 product stack. So uh, you've seen uh, the desktop uh, version launch uh, just a little while ago, and uh, we'll see, um, you know, notebooks and servers uh, shortly. Um, and, you know, what we've also um, done is launched our new, um, our next generation graphics uh, roadmap as well. So it's really been about focusing on the technology, um, you know, building upon every generation uh, and um, ensuring that we also build trust and um, relationships with our most important customers. Well, Lisa, that, that's a good segue into my next set of questions. And I really want to try to organize the discussion around kind of your, your end market focus. And so my first set of questions is really on the client business. As you talked about you just introduced kind of the, the, the Zen 3 platform for your client business. Wondering if you could talk a little bit about the performance gains we should expect from Zen 2 to Zen 3. And I guess, you know, one of the questions I get often is now that Intel is finally in the market uh, with their Tiger Lake 10 nanometer client part, how should we think about kind of your market share aspirations over the next several quarters? Is this going to be a more muted period of market share gains? Do we wait until Zen 4 and your 5 nanometer technology before a reacceleration? How should we think about that? Well, yeah, look, we're very excited. Uh, first of all, the PC market has um, you know, been a very robust market um, you know, this year. I mean, if you think about it, it's you know, over $30 billion of TAM, um, you know, lots and lots of um, you know, uh, needs around um, desktops and notebooks, particularly um, particularly this year, um, you know, our um, our focus has been on you know uh, continually continually improving our roadmap over time. So, you know, if you look at um, Zen three, um, it's a great great architecture. Uh, you know, our focus there was on um, you know in, improving single threaded performance. So you, we saw a nineteen percent 
um, you know, improvement in IPC. Uh, but we also, you know, did a lot of other things to make um, the products generally just better in applications, whether you're talking about gaming applications or you're talking about um, some of the important um, server workloads. We really focused on, you know, sort of the workload benefits. So if you're talking about, you know, the PC market overall, you know, we've um, nicely gained share over the last couple of years, very consistently in both desktop and notebook. And, you know, we see Zen 3 adding to that. And, and frankly, um, you know, yes, the product is better, but I think what you also see is that our customers are, um, you know, much, much, um, you know, deeper in collaboration with us, putting out better platforms. And so you see better notebook platforms. We have you know, the best set of um, notebook platforms we've had in 2020, and it will get better in 2021 uh, with Zen 3, um, as well as, you know, a number of desktop platforms. And, you know, our focus is not just on the consumer market, uh, but also expanding into the very important, um, you know, commercial market that, uh, that we've talked about before. Well, Lisa, maybe you can expound on the, the commercial side of the business, because as you pointed out, since the introduction of Ryzen, you've gained about 10 points of share in the desktop market. You've gained about 13% of share in the notebook market, but that's been mainly, I believe, more consumer focused. Where are you in, in getting a better foothold in the enterprise and what really drives that incremental share gain from here? Yeah, particularly over the last um, several quarters, uh, what we've seen is, um, you know, uh, first of all, you're, you're right that a lot of that share gain has been in consumer. But if you look, um, particularly over the last several quarters, uh, we start started to make very nice inroads in some of um, the other segments. Uh, for example, education um, is a segment that um, has done very well for us. Um, gaming notebooks um, is a segment that's done very well for us, as well as uh, you know, commercial uh, notebooks as well. So uh, again, we have our, our strongest portfolio ever of platforms um, from our OEM partners, and uh, we continue to build out our commercial, you know, um, sort of business development approaches, which um, allow us to, to win more of the Fortune 1000 and uh, some of those key accounts. So I think overall, I think we built the portfolio very nicely, and, and that's why we still see um, a very good opportunity for us to continue to gain share in, um, you know, the coming uh, coming quarters. Well, Lisa, you pointed out that this year has been a particularly strong year for the PC market. Um, you know, there's a concern from investors that that the work from home, school from home phenomenon pulled forward some demand from, from future periods into this year. Kind of what are your thoughts on that? And I was having this conversation with an investor last week. You know, I, I first thing I did when I started working from home was buy a new PC. I haven't opened my notebook since I think March of this year. But God knows, as soon as I get back on the road, the first thing I'm likely to do is to upgrade my notebook. So how do you think kind of next year plays out as we get into a world where we hopefully have a widely distributed vaccine? Yeah, so I know we're all looking forward to that day, uh, John, for sure. Um, what I would say is when, uh, you know, the, um, the demand sig signals first started, let's call it in the, in the second quarter, I think all of us um, who have uh, exposure to the PC market were wondering, hey, is this a short term uh, you know, type of, um, you know, pull-in uh, phenomena. And, and the truth is, as, uh, as we've now gone through the last six or seven months, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time uh, talking to our customers um, and, you know, sort of their customers' customers. And I think what you'll, you'll hear is that, um, you know, really we think this is more of a, a longer lasting uh, situation where the, the PC has just become essential. And so, you know, the idea that, you know, a household, you know, one, you could do one PC per household, uh, you know, perhaps if you're only using it an hour in a day, it makes sense. 
Um, but now it's really about one PC per person. And, and you're much more, um, you know, you, you pay a lot more attention to the feature, function, capability uh, when you're doing as much as you're doing as a productivity tool. So I, I think we are um, um, optimistic about the PC market, uh, certainly um, in the near term as well as in the medium term. Um, I think we see 2021 as a growth year for PCs, which uh, perhaps we haven't heard um, in a while. And more importantly, I think um, the product portfolio that we have is sort of uh, very focused on some of these, you know, higher end feature sets as well uh, that we think will play well, you know, for our long-term uh, share gain prospects. And Lisa, just given sort of your share aspirations in the client market, do you feel that even if the PC market goes through a period of digestion in 21, that you guys should still be able to show growth? You know, we uh, we certainly do feel that, um, you know, we still have potential in terms of, you know, the representation of um, our market share in the PC market. Um, you know, I, we don't feel like there's any artificial, you know, ceiling or anything like that. So, um, you know, certainly from the strength of the products, from the strength of the customers and the platforms, uh, you know, we believe even if, uh, the PC market um, were to go through some digestion, as you say, uh, that we would still have an opportunity uh, to grow. And, um, and th that's certainly our focus. Perfect. Switching gears to, to the server market, which is, I think, the market that probably gets the most attention on Wall Street. You've had a great run with your Epic family, first introduced in 2017. You're now on your third generation of Epic. A similar question to my client question. How do we think about market share gains uh, for Milan over the coming co sort of year or so, especially in light of the fact that, that as we get into next year, Intel will start shipping their first 10 nanometer parts. Do we, do we see another digestion period of share growth for you before Genoa? Or do you think Milan's going to be a pretty strong product in and of its, uh, itself? Yeah, so as you said, the data center market is uh, very, very strategic to us. And we've always planned it um, as a, uh, a market that would take several years to uh, to really you know gain share and gain the reputation that you need uh, with the customer set. Um, I will say Rome has done extremely well and um, has continued uh, to ramp. It's even continuing to ramp now. So uh, you know we still see platforms coming on, new design wins, and so on and so forth. Um, I think Milan is a very very strong product. Um, you know again it benefits from the Zen 3 core, so it has all of those benefits of, uh, you know, higher, um, you know, higher instructions per cycle, as well as, you know, other improvements that we've made that were workload specific. Um, and I think beyond that, again, you know, customers are now familiar with us. So um, in the data center market in particular, um, it's about building a reputation and building a brand and building um, a track record. And so as we see with Milan, we actually see that the Milan cycle uh, should be larger uh, than the Rome cycle it, um, in terms of, you know, just how it ramps. Um, and, uh, you know, we see, um, you know, new customers who are, you know, very excited about Milan, as well as, you know, our, um, you know, current customers who are already engaged with Rome planning to migrate to Milan. Um, so overall, I would say we're, we're very um, optimistic about um, how Milan will do. And, and again, I would say that uh, the market in general has been good um, in the data center uh, market. And, you know, we feel within that market, our products are extremely competitive and will be more competitive um, as we go forward. That's helpful. I mean, at least oftentimes investors kind of lump the server market together, but quite frankly, it's, it's become almost as segmented as the client market. And to date, a lot of your success has come within sort of the cloud hyperscale and the HPC market. I think that's probably an underappreciated story, especially with your heterogeneous CPU 
GPU. I'm wondering if you could just spend a few minutes kind of talking about your positioning in each of the markets. And, and importantly, how do we think about a growth in share in the enterprise and what I'll call kind of the edge server market, the networking edge side of the market? Yeah, so um, as you said, the, the data center market um, you know, does have sub-segments that are important to understand. Uh, we have done very well in cloud and very well in HPC. And um, I think that's, that's because you know, these customers tend to be you know, very, very technical um, in the way they evaluate products and technologies. And um, they also are able to sort of make you know, decisions based on, um, um, on those uh, technology attributes pr pretty quickly. And so, you know, we've seen um, a nice ramp, certainly as we went from our first generation Epic to second generation with Rome. And uh, we see that broadening as we go um, into Milan. So, um, you know, as I said, that there will be um, new customers uh, that have chosen Milan as their entry point uh, to um, to the AMD roadmap, and we're we're extremely excited uh, with that, um, as well as you know customers ramping the number of workloads um, that they um, that they did with Rome. They're expanding the number of workloads uh, that they're using um, for uh, Milan and uh, and beyond. Um, now, um, as you uh, as you asked about enterprise, look, I would say enterprise is very similar to commercial PCs um, in the sense that you know it takes several generations for people to uh, you know really. Um, you know, build a reputation and a brand there. I think we've made um, strong progress. I think we have great uh, partners uh, with, um, you know, HPE and, uh, and Dell and Lenovo and a number of others who are now offering um, our, uh, our products more broadly. Um, you'll see, you know, a nice uh, slew of announcements uh, with Milan as the enterprise guys really uh, get up and running um, in the first quarter of next year. And so um, overall, I think we're making nice, um, steady progress. Um, you know, I expect that, uh, you know, we'll continue to make progress uh, with Milan uh, from a, um, a product positioning standpoint. And then, um, you know, John, as I said, in this market, uh, it's very, very important to have a strong roadmap. And so, you know, as we uh, go forward, um, you know, we're, we're launching Milan, but then we're, we're also, you know, very far down the road with our five nanometer uh, Genoa product as well. And so that, that builds out sort of the, the long term as well as the short term. Well, Lisa, I think as you were reestablishing kind of your, your presence in the server market, I think it was really important for you to put out milestones, both to sort of the investment community, but also to your customers around kind of share aspirations. Uh, and now that you're sort of in that double digit share range, I think you guys have backed down a little bit for giving additional, you know, share targets, which which is reasonable. But I'm just kind of curious, how should we think about the share possibility over a three to five year period? You know, I always harken back to Opteron and that cycle where you got up to about 26% market share. And I guess as you address the question, you know, one of our big views has been, yes, market share is important, but the other thing that's going on is as the world moves from just creating data to actually analyzing data, the compute TAM is just accelerating and everyone's going to benefit. I'm wondering if you could address both kind of the share aspirations and kind of your view of the longer term growth of just compute. Yeah, John, I think you've characterized both um, pretty well. So I, I think if you just talk about AMD, you know, from a, a server CPU, you know, share, you know, aspiration standpoint, um, we, we are not giving a, a new share target, but, uh, you know, in, in the past with Opteron, we were, you know, up, at you know 26% or greater at our heights. And I think the roadmap is stronger today. Um, I think the roadmap is stronger today. I think the, um, the customer 
uh, relationships are stronger. I think the market is different um, than it was back then. And so, you know, we, we do see an opportunity for significant, um, um, you know, share gain uh, within a market that, as you say, is extraordinarily important. And so, you know, the compute TAM, if you now uh, include, you know, CPUs, GPUs, um, you know, accelerators, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit, um, hopefully a little later on about, you know, our acquisition of Xilinx. Um, it's a TAM that will continue to grow and will continue to favor um, those who have been very aggressive in technology. And so, uh, you know, we think the data center market is extremely um, important. Um, it's a great overall market for, um, for, uh, for us and our capabilities, um, as well as, you know, the opportunity to, uh, you know, partner more deeply, you know, with our customers. You talked earlier about kind of optimizing workloads for Epic. And, you know, I think you've done a better job with each successive generation kind of broadening the, the workloads that you can address. And now when you look at the third generation, that's not really a barrier for success. I'd be curious, though, given sort of the importance of AI as a workload, how do you view your strategy to go after the AI market? Yeah. So, you know, again, the way we look at each one of these markets is it is about a multi-generational approach. And um, and so, you know, let me say that, you know, that's certainly what we've done on the CPU side. So you've seen that with our with our Zen roadmap. Um, that's the same thing that we believe on the GPU side when you look at, um, you know, some of the uh, data center um, workloads that are accelerated by GPUs. Um, it's also a multi-generational roadmap. So, so quite recently, actually, at uh, at the um, the supercompute conference, we um, we launched our cDNA or our compute DNA um, architecture um, on GPUs. Um, that is uh, that is an extension of you know sort of our aspirations in the accelerator market. So uh, again, very well positioned in HPC. Uh, we get uh, better with AI as we go out over time. Uh, we continue to invest in the software. Uh, that's necessary to enable um, the use of these accelerators. And so I think the positioning really is around the breadth and the depth of both our CPU and GPU roadmap. And then recently we announced our acquisition of Xilinx, which I think just extends that, you know, another level. You know, we've always believed in this world of heterogeneous computing where you need all kinds of compute in the data center. So whether it's CPUs, GPUs, ASICs, FPGAs, um, or, you know, as we call adaptive SOCs in the Xilinx portfolio, it allows you to really decide what is the best compute for the right workload. And um, that's really our philosophy. And so, um, you know, as we you know, look forward with the um, addition of the Xilinx portfolio, uh, we'll have a very, very strong uh, you know, portfolio overall, uh, particularly for these um, you know, high performance uh, computing applications uh, in the data center. That's helpful. You brought up GPUs in your answer just then. I wanted to kind of switch gears to that market because you've had a lot of product introductions uh, across your portfolio, but, but you recently introduced kind of the, the GPU RDA, RDNA architecture, um, soon to be followed by RDNA 2. I'm, I'm just kind of curious, what does that give you in the GPU market relative to share potential uh, and gains as RDNA and then RDNA, RDD, RDNA 2 come into the marketplace, excuse me? Yeah, so absolutely. I think we're taking a very similar strategy and the strategy is, um, you know, start with a very strong architecture 
and then uh, continue to layer on top of it uh, successive improvements uh, with each generation. So we introduced RDNA first uh, last year, and um, it did very well um, in you know sort of the um, the mid to high end um, of the uh, of the GPU space. Um, but we we knew that what we wanted to achieve was really a top to bottom stack, and you know particularly uh, in in the gaming business, it's so important. Uh, to have a top to bottom stack. So uh, we recently um, introduced um, RDNA 2, uh, which is, you know, you know, people affectionately call it Big Navi. Uh, but the idea was, hey, at the very high end of the stack, we're going to be very, very competitive. Uh, we made significant improvements in um, performance, you know, double the performance, um, significantly improved performance per watt. And um, as a result, it, we're extremely competitive. And now we can layer that through, um, you know, the roadmap. And, you know, uh, graphics for us it is a product um, in discrete GPUs, but it's also IP that we use across our um, our SOC, uh, our semi-custom business, as well as across um, our uh, our APU or our you know PC portfolio. So it's a very very important uh, set of baseline IP that will now um, you know really go through um, our entire portfolio. That's a good segue to my next grouping, which is the gaming console business, because you're clearly doing extremely well. We haven't seen a major gaming console launch uh, probably in five, six, seven years. And if I were to guess, that's probably the hottest product right now. I tried again last night to get a PlayStation or an Xbox, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen between now and Christmas. Wondering if you could talk about the strength of that business. There was also some you know, press reports that maybe the ramp was, was, was a little bit more difficult. Help us understand where you stand on the supply side and how we should think about the demand for gaming over the next couple quarters. Yeah, so absolutely. First of all, we're um, you know extremely proud uh, to be um, in both consoles and both the uh, the Sony PlayStation Five and the Microsoft Xbox um, Series uh, X and S. And and you you do you know I think understand that you know the, these are many many year relationships to develop um, the type of technology. Uh, that we're putting into these consoles. So very, very uh, proud and happy to see that. Um, I agree with you. These may be the hottest products um, on the market for holiday, but I would ask you, John, keep trying. <laughs> keep trying. <laughs> I know that uh, there um, are uh, lots of products uh, that are be put, being uh, put on shelf uh, every day. Um, what I will say is that um, I think the ramp has gone well. So um, you know, we've de uh, delivered a significant amount of volume um, for uh, the early ramp, but I think this year is also unusual. And, uh, you know, even um, on our CPU and GPU side, um, you know, there are um, lots of consumers who are uh, looking to buy, you know, some of the Ryzen 5000 series and the new graphics cards. We recognize that it's an incredible, you know, opportunity where uh, we have such high demand um, in uh, these consumer segments. And, um, you know, we continue to, uh, to ramp supply overall. Um, I will say, though, um, on consoles in particular, um, what you should remember is that the peak of consoles is usually in, you know, sort of year three or maybe even year four. And so as, as strong as the launch has been for us in 2020, um, you know, we see, um, you know, continued growth as we go, um, you know, through the next several years um, in terms of just the, the unit volumes um, overall. And, uh, you know, again, I think that's where you see uh, a number of things coming together with just the strength of the portfolio, um, you know, that we have. I wanted to sneak in one near-term question related to, to kind of gaming and, and how the street's modeling it. As you know, we're currently restricted on you guys because of the Xilinx deal, so we can't have numbers. But it, but uh, if I look out to kind of the street numbers for the March quarter, they're, they're actually modeling right now a, a below normal seasonal decline. I think typically seasonally 
you're down about 10%. The street right now is down about 12. I'm just kind of curious, given the strength of gaming, given the strength of everything else going on across your portfolio, why would Q1 be a seasonally kind of slow quarter for you? Or why couldn't it be better? Yeah, so uh, again, maybe just a little bit of context, right? So I think coming into the back half of this year, um, it's it's been a, a very strong year for us in 2020. Um, you know, we uh, we guided to a 41% uh, year-over-year growth uh, to a um, to a three billion dollar quarter in Q4, which is uh, you know just uh, you know very significant for us. Um, I think it's fair to say that um, you know as we go into Q1. Uh, you know, we do have um, still, you know, a bunch of um, um, sort of, uh, you know, headwinds and tailwinds. Um, and as, um, as we're thinking about the, um, the, the conversation, um, I would expect it to be um, a little bit better than seasonal, but, you know, obviously we should go through, um, you know, the next, uh, you know, couple of months to see that. Uh, but the, the major point is, you know, we're much more on, you know, sort of product ramps. And so, you know, we have our, our PC portfolio continuing to ramp. We have our game consoles. Uh, you know, we're continuing to ramp and we have, um, you know, additional um, opportunities in our graphics portfolio and then our server portfolio as well. And so, you know, we will see some seasonality just due to the fact that, you know, we tend to be second half weighted, um, but it, it will probably be a little bit better than seasonal. I wanted to also ask you a little bit about kind of margins. I think one of the things that was probably greatly underappreciated in the September quarter that you just reported is, at least by our math, if you take out the gaming ramp, your sort of non-gaming core gross margins grew like 500 basis points sequentially and are sitting above 50% for the first time in a very long time. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of your gross margin aspirations uh, over the next several years as the gaming ramp matures, which is always gross margin accretive, but more importantly, you continue to layer on these new products. Well, I, I will say that, um, you know, we are pleased that we continue to grow, um, you know, our, our margins over time. I think for us, it's always been ensuring that, you know, we see good, uh, good annual growth. Um, I think your point is well taken that, you know, we have seen the rest of our portfolio really expand margins nicely. Um, and that's across, uh, you know, PCs, um, as well as the data center business. And so, you know, as our new products um, come um, come out out of the shoot uh, stronger. They actually move up the stack, and so um, you see some ASP improvements uh, that enable um, that uh, that margin expansion. Um, you know, I think that continues to be something that uh, is important over time. And um, you know, again, as we uh, add the Xilinx portfolio, that will also be margin accretive um, on day one. And so, you know, our standalone aspirations were you know greater than fifty percent uh, for AMD over uh, the next few years. And then, you know, as I said, as we add the Xilinx portfolio, that will uh, continue to be margin accretive um, as, 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 that's, uh, as that's added. I wanted to end our fireside session by giving you kind of the opportunity to talk a little bit about the bets you're making for the next five years. You know, I've had the opportunity to, to hear Jim Keller speak a couple of times, and he always discusses about how architectures tend to need to be reinvented every five years or so. And, and we're kind of coming up to that point in Zen how extendable do you think Zen is going forward? But more importantly, what bets are you making today to reposition the company even better three to five years from now? 
Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question. You know, I, I will say that uh, these are usually not discrete periods of time. So it's not like you, you make a set of bets for five years and then you make a different set of bets for five years. Um, I think it's actually a very much a, um, a rolling, you know, set of decisions. Uh, I think, you know, 2020 for us is really the culmination of many of the things that we paid attention to, you know, a few years ago. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the Zen architecture, the uh, design methodology, the, um, you know, the manufacturing, uh, you know, choices and, and so on and so forth, going to chiplets. Those were all a set of, you know, sort of bets. You know, as we go forward, um, I think you'll see us continue to focus on high performance and continue to push the envelope on, um, you know, things that we do around chiplet architectures. Um, that's done very well for us. And, you know, uh, packaging becomes more important going forward. Um, I think you'll, you'll see us um, also continue to bring the, our, our pieces together. Um, so, you know, we needed to have a, a very strong CPU roadmap and a very strong GPU roadmap, which uh, we now have. And now putting those together and um, ensuring that we really create that heterogeneous um, architecture uh, that can uh, be very, you know, workload optimized with CPUs, GPUs, you know, FPGAs, adaptive SOCs, you know, ASICs. When you put all of that together, um, you know, you end up with a, a portfolio that frankly is more important to customers. Um, and is able to satisfy a larger portion, you know, of the uh, of the compute TAM. So, um, you know, we uh, we look forward to the next five years. I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of work to do, but um, you know, a lot of ideas of how to continue to evolve, um, you know, both um, you know sort of our our base roadmap and then you know how we put it together in solutions uh, for customers. Perfect. With that, we've come up to the end of our time here. But I wanted to thank you very much, Lisa, for joining us. I'd also like to say that, that, that we hope you, your immediate family, but more importantly, your extended AMD family, continue to be safe and healthy in what's been a really challenging 2020 and, and, and look, better, look forward to a better 2021. Thank you so much, John. Great being here and all the same to, uh, to you and, and uh, your families as well.